Hey guys, thanks for joining me today on the Dad Code Podcast. Real dads, real talk, no BS. I uh, got a lot of Coach Dad updates for you here today. Uh, a lot of good stuff to talk about. Uh, before we get started, feel free to jump in and uh, join the conversation here on the Dad Code Podcast. When we do these Coach Dad takes, we uh, we discuss sports. You know, the role in uh, child development that it has and just kind of my experiences as a coach and kind of how I handle the situation, not saying I'm right, not saying I'm wrong, but if it can help you as a coach, as a dad, we uh, we are happy to, to pass it along uh, and uh, very much welcome your comments. Feel free to join the conversation on our social media, uh, on Twitter, at the underscore dad underscore code uh, as well as in the comment section on rumble and uh, also just in the comments on your favorite podcast platform be sure to share and uh, like this podcast on your favorite podcast platform share it with all your friends who you think it might help uh, let's get started so a lot of really great things to talk about because it's been a minute since i've done this coach dad update um <clears throat> The 10U Braves are um, they're doing quite well in my eyes. Uh, we are, I believe, either the youngest or one of the youngest teams in the league of, I think, 12 or 13 teams. So uh, we're we're having a pretty good pretty good year. I believe we are four and three, and you know, for a minute there, we were. We had a losing record, you know. We started the year off, lost, lost to a couple teams that I honestly thought that we shouldn't have lost to. We shouldn't, we definitely shouldn't have lost to one of them. Uh, another team was they were an older team and they, they just, uh, they showed more maturity in certain situations than we did. Uh, but you know, you never really know when you're coaching kids what you're going to get. Uh, not necessarily from the kids that you've always coached but also the kids that are predominantly rather I should say uh, from the kids that you pick up and that are new to your system or uh, just whatever you want to call your way of coaching Um, it's kind of a guessing game in the beginning particularly when you're dealing in the uh, kind of the rec ball realm you know sometimes it's a little easier to pick up on whenever you are in the travel ball or the kind of the more um, serious you kind of get into the serious stuff the select stuff Um, but it's it's not to say these aren't good players because I can definitely see some talent I can see a lot of talent in a couple of them but you never really know how they're going to perform until you put them out there and tell them to go. And we're kind of learning a lot about kids. Um, I want to give them an opportunity to, to perform because, again, I, for those of you who listen, uh, I don't believe that the standard should ever change no matter who's in the game, no matter what's going on. I, I think that this is... a problem with the way that we not only teach kids in sports but just teach kids in life 
to tell them that it's okay to suck or to go in and completely fold. Um, I preach attitude and effort, and I'm not telling them to go out there and jump up and down with a smile on their face whenever they're getting their brains beat in, but I am telling them that you have to learn to always give maximum effort and you always have to have a good attitude about the way that you go about it because it's not always going to go your way. In the sport that I coach specifically, baseball, um, you're going you're gonna to fail a lot. Uh, if any of you are golf coaches out there, you know, you're going to fail way more even at golf. Um, but baseball is particularly a sport that, you know, the, the old adage is that you know, if you fail seven out of ten times, you're in the Hall of Fame, in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. So it's, um, it's a unique sport in that way. Uh, but um, that dealing with failure part is uh, is part of what I try to teach. It's not, I wouldn't, you know, I think Giannis just had some kind of quote where he said that there are there's no failure in sports. There's just good days and bad days. I really like that quote. I really do. From a coach's standpoint, I'm sitting here thinking, man, that's, that's something I need to talk to my kids about because um, I have a kid who I've coached for the last three seasons now. And he came from the travel ball organization that, that I came from. And in his eyes and his parents' eyes, they did not have a very good experience in the travel ball, you know, select travel, whatever, however you want to describe it, you know, the, the, a rung above the rec league where you're paying and traveling and going to tournaments and things like that. Did not have a good experience. Um, came to me, tried out, wanted to know, you know, all this stuff, and, and Ultimately, they said, yeah, we, we want to play for you. And, I mean, because I never pushed them. I just said, hey, I, I do things a little bit differently here. I go a little bit slower. I take a lot more time to individually cater to the kids. And, I mean, it wasn't a sales pitch or anything. I just offered it to them, and they took it. So, for But for the last three seasons he's been on our team, he's been a very, very, very productive member of our teams. But now we've taken a step up. You know, we've been in coach pitch, and now we've taken the big step up into kid pitch. And it's an adjustment. You know, going from kid pitch to your coach pitch to kid pitch, you've got kids who are head and shoulders way more talented than, you know, all the other kids out there, and they can get by just on their ability. And, you know, they don't you know, to, to tie it into what we were just talking about, they don't fail very much. You know, even when they fail, sometimes it's like I hit the ball hard and it kind of just was right at a kid and he caught it. But now at kid pitch, I can't, you know, I tried to tell these, these parents this at the beginning of this year, the expectation has to be different this year because now you have a pitcher on the mound who's trying to get them out. So, uh, the, the everybody's going to strike out. You know, there's not going to be anybody that's going to go, you know, bat a thousand this year or seven hundred or anything like that. 
got to, you're going to have some kids that do well at times and then they're going to go into slumps or they're going to catch a bad break or maybe he's, they're going to run into a, an older pitcher because we're playing against 10 year olds now too uh, and they're just going to run into a buzzsaw and they're going to get you know shut down so watching having to watch these kids deal with uh, the bad days like Giannis would say I wouldn't call it failure. I mean, you can call it failure. But I think that one of the things as coaches that we really have to watch ourselves with is we have to watch the words that we use because the words that we use have meaning. The words that we use have consequences for these kids. And now, you know, I'm also learning these parents as well. So now um, this kid that I was just describing to you he's he's really been struggling he's scared to death of the ball whenever it's being pitched to him now he this is a kid that was ripping the ball in in coach pitch like I he almost you know for all you baseball coaches out there he almost took you know put my family legacies in the in the jeopardy if you know what I mean a few times this last year so this kid, this kid's a good all-around athlete, and he's probably one of the most athletic kids I've ever coached, if not the most athletic. And you know, he's a pitcher also because he's you know he's a left-handed kid, and he's got a lot of you know you, I hate using the word potential, but he's got he's one of those kids that the sky's the limit, and he has so much potential. Like like he could he could do a lot of things in his life. With not just baseball, but just athletics in general, just because he doesn't have to work nearly as hard as most of these kids out here to get to kind of a baseline level of what most parents or coaches would call good. You know, he's already good. It's He's one of those that could be great if he really, really pushed it. Um but he's really, really struggling at the plate. I mean, I'm talking as soon as the pitcher lets the ball go, he's back, backing out of the batter's box. It's not even – he's not even watching the pitch. He's just bailing out. So I've been noticing this for a while. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like we as coaches, we can't go – you know, we're getting to an age where we can't coddle them for every single thing. Um it's very, it's very much, um, I think, not beneficial to coddle the kids whenever they start getting a little bit older. Now, I'm not telling you that we need to be jumping up and down screaming at them. I don't think we need to be pointing out every single little mistake. And that's kind of the route that I've been going is I just don't want – I've been kind of gathering information through these first six or seven games. Um, and I've kind of come to the conclusion that I've got to have – I had a conversation with him already because, you know, he had a game where he was pitching, and this kid doesn't usually struggle pitching, where he's been – often he'll, he'll often struggle with hitting, almost always – and but I never usually have to worry about him pitching because usually pitching, I mean, it's like a fish in water for him. He's he's great at pitching. But now all this 
you know, we, we had a start where really struggled. And he came in the dugout, and I said, what's going on, man? And he's just like, well, they were standing so close to the plate, I was afraid I was going to hit them. He was afraid he was going to hit the batters. And I'm like, I didn't lose my, my cool or anything, but I, I just very sternly told him, hit them. I don't care. I mean, it, 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 you don't mean to be callous, but I think that we have developed kids in a society where we've told them that it's unacceptable to make mistakes, particularly mistakes that might hurt even or cause pain to someone. I mean, in this sense, it's a literal sense in the slightest bit. Because, I mean, for those of you who have played baseball, you get hit with a baseball, it hurts for a minute. It goes away. You're not going to be maimed or mauled or permanently disfigured at 10 years old from getting hit in the butt or in the leg by a baseball. I promise you. Nobody throws hard enough to break your bones at 10 years old. So I'm not really worried... So, I, it, moving along, though. So, I, brought, I took him out of the game just because I felt like I felt like it wasn't going to do him any good to go out there and to continue to absolutely struggle. That and, you know, I kind of have these kids on a pitch count, and he was, I mean, he was two-thirds of the way through his pitch count after the first inning. Could I have left him in maybe another inning? Yeah, maybe. But it was a game that, we should have run away with against this team and it was we spotted him six runs right out of the gate uh, just because he was really struggling and, and I mean this is not like the hard thing in sports is as you get older individual performance increases in importance it's still a team sport uh, the team side of it is still vital it's still uh, 100% necessary, and it, and and it has to you have to play as a team. But also, particularly in baseball, individual performance as it pertains to pitchers is a big deal. And I kind of had to make a decision as a coach that you know, hey, if we want to have a chance to win this game, I'm probably going to have to pull him out. I said. And I told him, I did tell him, I was like, you know, in this league, you, you have free substitution for the uh, for the pitcher. So if you're a starting pitcher, you can come back in the game uh, later. And I said, all right, I'm, I'm going to let you sit down here. We're going to talk about some things. We're going to work, maybe see if we can work through, through some things mentally. And I said, I'm probably going to put you back in here in an inning or two. And he's like, all right, cool. And I was like, all right, cool. So I sat him down for an inning, and the game ended up, getting real tight so we we kind of caught back up to this team we actually end up going up four runs and I had a kid in that was pitching pretty well he's kind of my go-to guy um put him in in a I mean it was a pressure pack situation we were up four going into the last inning but for those of you who have coached you sports and baseball in particular you you can attest to this that no lead is safe when it comes to these young kids because um, 
anything could happen. I mean, a bad inning is a bad day, as Giannis said. It could have, or it could creep up on you at any time. And you know, we had two outs for the longest time, <laughs> and they, you know, and all of a sudden, my my little pitcher, who I kind of rely on to be the guy to come in and throw strikes, he kind of loses his command a little bit. Again, this is the first year these kids are pitching, so they're kind of learning a little bit about themselves. They're learning about pressure. They're learning about handling emotions. Me as a coach, what mistakes did I make in this situation? Because I did. I, I, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know, we were up against the time limit. We're the home team. We we got two outs pretty quickly in that in that inning, and we we're the home team. So, you know, if, if the time limit expires, we're 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 done, um, and we win. So we get two outs pretty quickly. We have like five minutes left. So I call time and I go out there just to kind of kill some time. And, you know, hindsight, once again, being 2020, I, I broke his rhythm most likely. I probably should have just let him go. If he gets the third out real quick, fine. You know, if the other team wants some more with three minutes left, bring it. Um, but regardless, uh I had an opportunity to put my starting pitcher back in whenever things started to get a little tight. I didn't because, honestly, I saw an opportunity for another kid, the kid that was pitching, to be able to work through a tough, pressure-packed, emotional situation. And for the longest time, I, I mean, I'm serious, guys. Like, we, we, we had a lot of opportunities to put that game away and, you know, you, I'm not ever going to say that one kid loses a game, but, you know, the kid just, who was pitching just kind of fell apart a little bit here. Uh, and it's, it's okay. You know, uh, it, as coaches, you have to play, you have to play chess. You've got to be thinking several moves ahead. And this is the kind of game that I want people like him to be in because I need him to be able to handle this kind of pressure. I need him to be able to handle... Um, tough situations like this. And, you know, he walks a couple. Then a kid comes up and uh, hits a, actually, hit, he, he must have been one of their better players because he roped the ball to the fence and, you know, scores three. Now we're, now we're down one. Then he, you know, gets wild again guy scores from third so we're tied um now I, I, I this was the situation where i was like okay maybe i could put my starting pitcher in or do i let him work through it and i'm like all right i'm gonna let this kid work through it here and then a couple more wild pitches guy scores on a pass ball game's over i mean so, you know, a lot of things to, to, to unpack there. Um, I think it was a learning experience for coaches and players alike. I think the players got a lot of, out of that, because, particularly the pitchers and the catchers, because learning the importance of how to handle pressure is a huge thing. And, and, and I think that the tendency, because I have an assistant coach who, really questions me every time I leave somebody in whenever something goes wrong because but but my my point to him is is that we can't go save them every single time something goes wrong it, 
I mean, that, that's a heck of a thing to keep in mind, not just for baseball or sports. I mean, just because you can't go save a kid every single time uh, something happens. Like, like sometimes they need to be able to figure it out. Like, like it's we need to be able to handle problems without freaking out. And I was very proud of this particular kid uh, that was pitching at the end of the game. It, you know, he's he didn't cry. I know he wanted to cry, but he's also a, a, a extreme competitor. Um, uh, he he really wants to win, and he doesn't like. He understood the situation that he feels like he lost the game for everybody. And I assured him that he was not the reason that that happened. I said, there's a lot of things that led up to this point that we, we should have put this game away early. And told him I was proud of him. And I told him that I did not lose any faith in him today, that I actually gained faith. And I said, this is a good thing for you because guess what? Next time, you're going to go come get them. I said, you need to be ready to pitch at all times. You need to be ready to come back in because as soon as I get an opportunity to put you back in, whenever I feel like your arm is rested, you're coming back in. So uh, I, I think that being able to build the kid up in that situation is a good thing because you, a lot of a lot of coaches just get mad and say, well, well you know, our pitching stunk today, which is not wrong. It would not be wrong of, like, incorrect. I guess incorrect is the, is the right word. It would not have been incorrect for me to say that. But is it the wrong tenor? Is it the wrong tone? Yes. It would have been completely tone deaf. Completely tone deaf. But I felt like that was received well on his end, and I felt like he... Though he was a little upset, I also feel like he kind of got a little pumped back up because I could just kind of sense it with him. Uh, so as far as for the the kid that I originally was talking about, the kid that started the game, um, apparently he got really upset. Uh, apparently he went home and told his sister, or his parents, or somebody that he just sucks at baseball. Because, you know, he was sitting on the bench and, you know, I, I told him that he might be going back in and he didn't, I didn't, didn't put him back in. I didn't put him back in the field either, you know, come to find out. You know, I, this was all pointed out in a text message from his parents. These are parents that, you know, I've come to know pretty well and I uh, consider them friends. I, I consider them um I consider them to be, I wouldn't say inside my personal circle, but they're they're the kind of people that I want to keep around just because they're quality people. And I understand where they came from, from the travel ball, travel ball organization that we were with, and um, it's personal to me. You know, whenever I was going through my, you know, thyroid cancer scare, um, I would get text messages all the time that their son was specifically wanting to pray for me whenever they did their prayers. And that means something to me. It's personal. 
you know, the parents were upset that, you know, that he, that he didn't get to play the rest of the game, but they were concerned about his confidence level and that he came home and told his sister that he just sucks at baseball and, you know, that they, that he wanted to go to soccer today and that they told him he needed to come to baseball because, you know, they felt a little more invested in it. And lots of, uh, lots of emotion in these text messages. Uh, and if you've ever coached or if you're a first-time coach or if you've never coached and you're thinking about coaching, this is something you're going to run into. Um, I can tell you that I've only had this happen one other time in the five years that I've coached. And the fact that it happened with this family stung a little bit. Stung quite a bit, actually, because I know they're upset. But I had to, again, the words we use matter. The words we use with our kids, there's words we use with our parents of our kids that we coach, they matter. So I, I, I made a response text because I'm assuming because they texted me that that's the way in which they would like to communicate that feels the safest for them. Again, knowing where they came from, uh, I, I would have felt comfortable talking with them on the phone or even in person, but I do understand that maybe they don't want something that confrontational. And I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. So I kind of carefully crafted my words and responded to them and, you know, just told them, look, uh, Daniel was struggling. We'll use a different name. He was struggling for sure. He, um, the parents were very adamant about, they thought that I had given their, his position away to a newer kid who had just joined our team. Um, it's just factually not true, but they're, it's a very highly emotional situation. So I just let them know, I'm like, well, I mean, I haven't given anybody's position away. So I just let them know that, that, look, did I make a mistake tonight by not putting him back in the game, in the field? And I said, probably. And I said, but I, I said, I'm not a perfect guy, not a perfect coach. I don't always get it right. But I told him, I said, I promise you I'm always keeping – every single one of our players, little psyches and little brains in my mind as we make our decisions as coaches for this team. I kind of let him in on the fact that, look, I had planned on putting Daniel back in the pitch. That's why I just sat him for an inning. But 
but I didn't put him back in. And in the shuffle, I forgot to put him put him in in the field. I'm willing to admit when I make mistakes. I'm willing to have these conversations about why didn't I do something different? Why didn't I do something better? That's what makes me different as a coach. I'm willing to tell you that I might not have done something right. But it's easy to sit there and look at things after the fact and say that you didn't do something right. Um, but that really wasn't what this conversation was about with them. Their conversation was about their kid, and they want to know why he didn't play. So there's part of me that wants to tell these these parents that you need to let your kid grow up. You know, I, I kind of gently had to have the conversation that I understand you're upset. But I said, we've got to get some, we've got to start growing some thicker skin. Daniel can't live his life how he, by how he does on the baseball field. Really, really love this family. I want, I want to be able to, I want to be the best coach I can be. And I let the parents know that, you know, it, it, it hurts my heart and I will lose sleep over this tonight just by the mere mentioning of the fact that I might have done something that caused him to, his confidence to go down. But I also mentioned to them that, look, his confidence has been low for a minute now. And I'm not real sure why. So I told him, I was like, let me have a conversation with him at our next game. I told him, I was like, because they eventually kind of pumped the brakes and said, look, I'm, I'm really sorry. I was like, I'm, we're not, because then I get to the real root of the issue. They, they tell me that they're just not really happy with how their son is behaving as far as you know they, they kind of feel like he is retracting back if you will like he's he's playing scared there's no other way to say it and you just have to understand this is one of those kids that's got that long lanky build he's the fastest kid on the team when he wants to run and not, you know, act like he doesn't know what he's doing. He can hit the ball a mile. He can throw the ball from the center field fence to home plate. He's, he's, he, and he's left-handed. Bats left and throws left. So he's got, like, all this stuff. It's like, guys, if we can just get this kid focused, like, sky's the limit. Look out. So, you know, we had a game... We had a game, then we had a day off, then we had another game. So this was the first game. I said, let me let me talk to this let me talk to the kid at the next game. So because me and this kid, I, I just I can't stress to you enough how personal 
this relationship with not just this kid, but this family is to me. I don't, I don't pander to anybody. But I do want to make sure that everybody is getting their individual bit of, of coach. Right? Because a lot of times, I've mentioned it before in podcasts, that you know, we focus on coaching our kids, our group of kids, and that's it. You know, particularly you rec ball coaches. We get out there and we, we have our five or six kids that we can protect and we can hold on to, and that's the kids that I'm going to focus on. Well, that's not what needs to happen. We need to make sure that we get everybody. You know, this happens to be one of my kids that I coached a lot, that I've held on to over the years. And But regardless, you got to make sure you give everybody a dose of coach. So before the game, I could already see kind of the parents were over here talking to the kid. I know they're trying to be encouraging to them. I really, I'm, I understand that, and I'm very impressed and thankful that they are so supportive of him. But I felt I could kind of see that the kid was that he was getting upset. I didn't, you know, this is before we've even done anything. We haven't even gone on the field yet. We haven't even got our bags in the dugout so we get all our bags in the dugout everybody else goes out to throw I hold him back in the dugout just me and him I sit down with him because he's already starting to well up I sit down with him I sit down he stands up because you know I mean kids I want to be I wanted to be eye to eye with him so I stood him right in front of me and I put my hands on his shoulders and I said what's up buddy and he said nothing you know nothing you know that's the, the common common response I would say for a kid that age with what was going on I said well why are you so upset buddy He's like I don't know I said are you scared and he said no and I said buddy, it's okay to tell me if you're scared. It's okay. Are you scared? He was like, no. And I was like, well, are you afraid you're going to let somebody down or that somebody's going to be disappointed in you? No. I said, well, I don't know if that's true or not, but I want you to understand there's nothing that you can do looking the kid in the eye. At this point, I've kind of put my hand behind his, behind his neck because I, I want him to know that this is me and him talking. Everything is okay, and he's, he is safe. I'm not coddling him, but I am trying to get at the root of what's going on here said there's nothing you can do that will make me disappointed in you I told him take that back there's one thing you can do that makes me disappointed because I had to I had to stop myself because I want to go into dad mode and I want to nurture 
nurturing as a coach is different from nurturing as a dad. And I had to kind of detach myself for a second. So I told him, yes, there actually is one thing that you could do that would disappoint me. And that's not giving me everything that you got. And particularly if you're not giving me everything that you got because you're scared. Because you're afraid. I told him, I said, if you're not afraid out here, I'm not sure that there's anybody on this field that can handle you. You know, I'm not just blowing smoke at this kid at this point. I'm kind of laying out to him what I see as an adult, as a coach. I told him, I was like, look, buddy, who do you think the best player on our team is? I said, is it, is it, is it player A, is it player B, whoever, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, well, I think most people would say it's player A over there. I said, you want to know the only difference between you and him? I said, he's not scared. And I said, if you want me to be honest, I think you've got the ability to be way better than him. And I pointed at my son. I had a very frank coach moment. I said, player over there, my son. Said, do you understand how hard he has to work to be half as good as you? How he can't let one ounce of fear get in his body to be able to even hang with you? I said, I'm going to be honest with you. That's most of these kids out of here, buddy. When it comes to you, I said, the only thing that will ever hold you back. is your confidence in yourself. It's your willingness to not be afraid. The decision you make. I said, I want you to understand something because I, I, this is where I kind of combined the dad versus, you know, coach thing. I, I said, I want you to understand this is, I said this, and when I said this, I was motioning between he and I with my hand. I said this between me and you. Our relationship, coach to player, I said this right here is very personal for me. I had a little bit of an emotion well up inside of me. I let him know. I said, buddy, I knew you prayed for me during my cancer scare. I felt every prayer. I believe in it. It made me believe in you as a person. It made me believe in your family. I let them know that, you know, no matter what, as long as you're having fun, as long as you're trying your best, I'm not ever going to say anything to you. Because I know there's no one on this field that can hang with you if those two things are happening. said it's personal with me so I said look 
I want to be able to make this as fun and for you as, as fun for you as I can. I said, "What position can I put you in to make you play your best today?" Lo and be- lo and behold, he told me outfield. I said, "Really?" I said, "You like playing outfield?" He's like, "Yeah, I really do." I said, "Why is that?" I said, "Because I get to run real fast after the ball, and I can." throw the ball all the way into into the infield better than a lot of people. I'm like, yes, you can. I was like, but I'm going to put you at first today. We'll start you there, and I said, I'll let you play some outfield too uh, because I need you to do both here coming up in a, in a few games because we got some some games against some kids that can really whop the ball, and I need I need your speed out there in the outfield. So he was on board, and he went out and subsequently had probably his best game of the season. It's amazing to me how things kind of speak to you day to day. It was directly after that game, or maybe the day after, where Giannis had the uh, statement after his after the Bucks lost unexpectedly in the playoffs, I guess. You know, I guess they asked him how big of a failure this the season was, and he said, there are no failures in sports. There's only good days and bad days. Wow. I mean, that's all you can say. I mean, God works in a lot of mysterious ways, and it's amazing how that coincides with everything that's been going on with this kid and with our team. We've got to be able to put these things together for him. All you coaches out there, we've got to be able to do it. We can't just, I mean, look, the fact that you're there in the first place is a miracle as it already is. It's so hard to find dads and parents, and it doesn't even have to be dads, but particularly dads in my opinion. It's hard to find those dads that want to coach. But don't just show up. Put the pieces together for them. Help them see what it is that they can't see because, you know, they're not looking at they're not putting the, the, the quote from Giannis and, and how how that coincides with the ebb and flow of a season. They're not putting all that together. You know, they're kids. They need to be taught these things because they need to learn that one loss is not does not make the season a failure. Sometimes bad days just happen at the wrong time. But it's all about what do we do with the pieces after we after after the loss? Do we pick up the pieces and learn from it? Do we make ourselves better? Do we move on from things or do we dwell? Do we hold on to what we perceive as failure and not use it as an opportunity for growth? I'm not ever going to tell a kid that it's okay to lose. Because I don't think that a pattern of losing or or long-term 
losing, whatever, long-term patterns of losing are a good thing. Because it indicates to me that you're not learning from your mistakes. You're not developing as you go. We as coaches have to be there to help them pick up the pieces. We gotta be able to help them construct strategies for being able to do this, not just in sports, but in life. The first time adversity comes, we can't tell them it's, it's okay, just quit and go do something else. Well, okay, you think you suck at baseball, well, okay, it's okay, just, just quit and go play soccer. I'm not hating on soccer. It's just the example I have here. The first time that, you know, you run against somebody in basketball who's just as good as you are or better, you know, maybe you've always been the, the, very, the very best player in that, in that league. Now all of a sudden you, you move up in a division or an age group, and now there's some players that are as good or better than you. Well, well, I guess I just suck. It's okay, son. Just just quit and go play, you know, tennis or whatever. So again, I'm not hating on tennis. Just an example. But it's like you can't let them think that just because there's adversity, it's time to run and hide or run away completely. It's not what it's about. It's what sports is trying to teach us. Is through adversity builds character. Through adversity, character is built. Plain and simple. Well, I think that's all I got for today, guys. Uh, really appreciate you joining us again here on... Uh, this episode of the Dadco Podcast. This has been a Coach Dad update where we talk about my experiences as a coach, hopefully able to help you use and apply what I've done, whether it's right, wrong, whatever. I know I'm not um, the preeminent expert or anything like that. I'm just a dad trying to help his kid learn sports and learn the lesson, life lessons along the way through sports. Feel free to comment in the comment section there on Rumble. Give us a follow in the Rumble there. Share the video with all your friends. Also check out the audio versions of all these podcasts on your favorite podcasting platform. Share that with all your friends too. Maybe you've got a, a son or a brother or a husband or somebody who's trying to uh, maybe consider getting into coaching uh, youth. Maybe it's a, a son that needs coaching. Maybe it's a daughter that needs coaching. Whatever. Please, if this is of any value to you, please pass it along. Uh, that's all I've got for today, though. And we will see you guys next time. Dad, out. <laughs>